Hey, what's up, everyone? Ben Sandick here for another edition of the Standig Room Only Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. Uh, it's been a few days now since the Washington football team season ended. I say a few days. I mean, today I'm talking to you. It's Tuesday night. So I don't know if a few days is right, but you know what I mean. It's been it's been a little time. Everybody's had a chance to settle in, recognize the offseason is here. And already things are heating up. We've got a general manager search to talk about. I'm going to let you guys know what I've heard uh, about that. And uh, more Washington football team uh, thoughts to get into. Uh, Matt Parrish from the Washington Times joined me a few minutes ago to break down uh, the GM search, the... Uh, whatever, whether we think what's happened so far is uh, sustainable going forward, some quarterback thoughts and more uh, here on the Standard Room Only podcast. Of course, you can subscribe uh, to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, all those places. You can subscribe, I hope you do, to The Athletic to read what I've got going on, including thoughts on this GM search that I'll get into in just a second. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Standick. Email me, bstandick at theathletic.com. And, uh, you know, also just, uh, just put good vibes out into the universe. We all could use more of that these days, uh, for sure. A lot going on in, in the, D, the DMV, to say the least. Um, let me get into a couple of things. So Matt and I go into to some length about uh, something that I reported a little bit earlier with regards to the GM uh, situation. I reported that the, um, that the Washington football team is going to make an outside hire that it appears that is where things are headed. There's no uh, th- there's no sense that Kyle Smith is involved for the GM opening and that it's going to be somebody on the outside. Um, I'm, we'll get into it more later. There's a couple names that have already been rumored, and uh, or I shouldn't say rumored, some, some people who've been, uh, the team has sought permission from. One of them is uh, former Detroit Lions, GM Martin Mayhew, who's now the VP of player personnel with the 49ers. It's the same role that Kyle Smith has, but obviously he's got more executive experience. Uh, Ryan Cowden, also VP of player personnel with the Titans. He was also uh, permission was was sought to interview him. Uh, I talk about both of those a little bit more or talk about them in the in the conversation with Matt. And obviously we can discuss, you know, Marty Herney, the, the former GM of Carolina. Uh, it seems like an obvious candidate based on his ties with Rivera, Joe Shane, um, another member, a former member of the Panthers uh, scouting department who, the, during uh, Rivera's time there is rumored Rick Smith, the former Texans GM. Um, but from what I'm hearing, and I wouldn't put this out like I'm hearing, oh, it's definitive, this is the guy. But in just sort of checking around the league to, to hear some more about some of the, the position, what do people think about the position, the Washington situation overall, Martin Mayhew's name seems to be coming up a lot. And there does seem to be a sense that he may be, um, I, I don't want to say they're one to beat because I suspect it's somewhat early still in the process. But at the same time, I feel like Rivera, you know, how he is defining the role, I think that's still a question. But, you know, he seems to be a guy who falls back on um, people he knows, he's comfortable with, or maybe, you know, in the case of, say, a Jack Del Rio, somebody who has plenty of experience at the position. And I feel like that may be something here to keep an eye on with regards to Mayhew, um, <clears throat> because he has obviously done this before. So, in any event, 
he is definitely, I think, one to one to keep an eye on for sure. Whether he ultimately gets the prize, we'll have to see. We don't even know what the prize definitively is other than uh, possibly the GM title, which is something I wrote about recently on The Athletic. But nonetheless, Martin Mayhew, a name to watch, but there's a few other people here in the mix as well. So we'll get to all that uh, and more talking to Matt Paris or with Matt Paris uh, from The Washington Times. If you've missed uh, any of our recent podcasts, you can go check those out. I broke down the the end of the season with uh, Chris Russell from the Team 980. Last week's talk at length about the GM search uh, with Nikki Javala from the Washington Post, and uh, you know had a lot of uh, also did a, had a Wizards mailbag recently. I intended to talk about the Wizards today, but other uh, this GM situation derailed that. So in any event, let me stop there. Let me get to the, the conversation we just had which goes at, at, at some length because I like to talk about these things. So we'll get to the Wizards later in the week, and we'll see what else happens here with the football team. But for now, uh, my conversation with Matt Parrish of the Washington Times about the Washington football team's GM search and more here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right, we've got things to talk about with the Washington football team um, at, at a minimum, and here to do that with me is uh, the, the, the guy I, who, who always answers the bat signal Unless uh, the Nuggets or DePaul are playing basketball on TV, he is uh, Matt Parrish at the Washington Times. Um, sorry about your, uh, your, your your Nuggets. Are you gonna are you gonna be okay to make it through the podcast? Yeah, it turns out Kevin Durant is pretty good at basketball. So, by the way, we'll talk about the we'll get to all the G, to the to the football team and the GM stuff and, and talk about some aspects of, of this team going forward. What is going on with Kyrie Irving again? He so what is the deal? The rumor is or the the speculation is or the evidence is that he was out and about with, with without a mask and like yeah. hasn't he been away from the team for a while like is he MIA or something yeah he's been out four games at least for personal reasons I haven't said why your uh your sound is off all of a sudden oh is it it is but but you're back now oh okay I thought I maybe muted myself like a certain somebody <laughs> um he the, the certain the certain somebody as in Chris Russell actually muted himself while he and I were doing a podcast the other night. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, I guess he has personal problems, but I guess there was some video of him uh, at a birthday party with his sister or something, but without a mask. And then tonight he was on a um, uh, Miranda from Sex and the City. What's that actress's name? Cynthia Nixon. Yeah, she like had some fundraiser or something, political fundraiser for some candidate, and he was a part of that. So, I guess he's been pretty busy away from basketball, but I don't know what his leave of absence is for. Right, right. I mean, obviously, what the, the football team had its own semi version of this with with Dwayne Haskins, um, but obviously, Dwayne Haskins being the quarterback of the team is a big deal, and yet he's not even close to being the big deal that Kyrie Irving is you know, for the Nets and, and sort of globally, you know, within the sport. So, it, it you know, one of the many things that was interesting about the Washington football team this year was Dwayne Haskins specifically aside, they really didn't have, unless I'm blanking on something, any of these types of internal locker room issues this year, um, which I think was one of the hallmarks of the team. But anyway, so just when I saw this Kyrie Irving thing, which I obviously I'm not too, too aware of, I was just like, one, that guy just, there's always something. And two, it just reminded me sort of, as, as I think about the football team, how that level of drama 
was was there for one person, but it was clearly isolated. And, and one person on the football team, especially when you're a quarterback who's getting <laughs> demoted, uh, is not demoted and then released is not the same thing as the guy you're paying insane money to who is if you're going to win the title, they, they the, the football team did not have aspirations for a Super Bowl realistically. The Nets, it's about the, it's winning a title and who knows where it is right now. And they didn't need Dwayne Haskins to win a title, whereas the Nets need Kyrie Irving. Absolutely. All right. Um, enough of that. Let's get to some other things in this uh, world. Uh, the football team. Uh, a few things to get into. I know you, we're, we're going to get into sort of whether we think this is sustainable and Maybe we can touch on a couple other things from Ron Rivera's um, final comments at the end of the year and what he said, uh, uh, well, yeah, uh, what he said on, on uh, 106.7 as well. But um, just to go off, just to get into something that I was just reporting and some other, some other news that people putting out there with regards to the, to the GM search, we now have some tangible evidence that something is happening because up until now it has just been speculation and I've ta- I talked about that in a previous podcast. But, uh, you know, there was a couple of reports that um, they were seeking permission to interview some people. Uh, J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington had uh, Ryan Cowden, who's the VP of Player Personnel with the Titans, and uh, Nikki Jabala had uh, Martin Mayhew, same position with the 49ers, the former Lions GM. I don't think either one of those names are shocking at all. They were, they were among the four or five names constantly mentioned in the mix. Uh, what I just reported in the last few minutes of when Matt and I are talking is that the expectation is, according to sources, is that the, they're going to make an outside hire, which maybe seems obvious or not. But I think to a lot of people, the question, a lot of people are like, well, why isn't Kyle Smith involved? And while I can't necessarily speculate or do more than speculate as to that, what I'm told is they are going to make an outside hire. And I wrote about that on The Athletic. You can check that out. And obviously, we'll talk about it here. Um, I guess just first blush, does that I won't say it does not surprise you because I doubt it does at this point, based on how Rivera sort of talked about it in the last few weeks and the speculation. But what do you make of the fact that it appears that he, that is the way they're going to go? Yeah. I mean, it certainly felt like it was trending that way for a couple weeks. Uh, you know, I think now that Ron Rivera has a, a full season under his belt and this dual role, I think he kind of realizes the gravity of what each position requires. And so I think he's a lot more determined to bring someone in from the outside than he was at first. You know, he, he, I think his opinion of Kyle Smith is still relatively high or not, but I guess whatever he saw behind the scenes, either he thinks Kyle Smith isn't ready for that goal or he just wants another voice, the more the merrier. Um, But I think just being in in that dual position this season is he realized kind of how, what those role requires. And as you know, you've written about this before, but, what does that GM role actually entail? Who's going to have final say? I bet Ron Rivera, I mean, will still have that final say at the end of the day, besides Dan Snyder, of course. But, you know, I think just bringing in someone from the outside, someone he trusts, someone he's comfortable with, I think that is more encouraging to him than maybe sticking with Kyle Smith. Because if you look at Jason Wright, they brought him in from the outside. They have great chemistry together. And Jason Wright has really taken a lot off Rivera's played about stuff with the name and the stadium and those sorts of issues. So, you know, I could see him wanting the same thing for the football scouting draft side. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, the Jason Wright thing is a little more unique on a lot of fronts. I mean, 
there's definitely some speculation that, you know, wasn't exactly a Dan Snyder hire that maybe Roger Goodell was sort of like, here, here's somebody that maybe you want to uh, bring into the organization. But regardless, yes, it looks like Jason Wright is helping, but it's a different type of relationship, I guess I imagine. On this one, this is like Ron Rivera's world, the football side of the operations. And, you know, it's hard. I guess the, the interesting thing is like back in March and April when going through for agency and the draft, by all accounts, based on what those guys were saying, this is this is very much in the only the, the, the world of Zoom. We weren't nobody was leaving their house back then. <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was very weird at that point how everything was working. Uh, but the sense was that they were getting along well. Rivera, they both said as much. They said that, you know, they grew. I, I, uh, I pulled a, a quote from around that time with Rivera saying that they've, you know, bonded. You know, when, you, when you're working this closely with somebody, you bond together and all that. But once we got past the draft, Kyle Smith, and it's not abnormal, but Kyle Smith goes off stage. We have not heard from him since. He is not the GM. So it's not like he would talk per se, but they're also not making him talk. And then Rivera's comments about him whenever it would come up during the year seemed, like I said, to be a bit um, lukewarm. I, I guess what I wonder is this. So he obviously, uh, he, he very much values um, – familiarity based on like he brought in all these guys from Carolina uh on his coaching staff even like you know a guy like Taylor Heineke why did they bring in Taylor Heineke because they knew Taylor Heineke to some degree and Heineke knew the system and things like that I mean how many times this year did they bring in a, a player off the street who had some Carolina tie often so he clearly likes that now he's been around Kyle Smith for a year but maybe these other people he's been around with longer and I guess the thing is what I wonder is Obviously, I, I, anything is possible as to what happens going forward. But if you bring in, if you look at the, the candidates they're supposedly looking at, like there's a, some straight former general manager types, Martin Mayhew with the Lions, Marty Herney, obviously who worked with Rivera in Carolina on two different stints, who just was fired at the end of the last year. And has, you know, I think I would, I would imagine the Vegas odds would have Marty Herney as, as the leader. Okay, I don't know what those two gentlemen would want, but if, you, if they're coming into this situation – Either A, it would be at a some level they were at before with Rivera, though, having final stays so or something akin to Seattle with Pete Carroll and John Schneider. Or they, at a minimum, would just be like, get the GM title, don't have that full responsibility, but would be above everybody else. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you'd be above Kyle Smith. So maybe if it's Marty Herney, he's like, eh, I'm, da- I'm down with working with Ron again, but I don't need to do all the stuff. I- I'll help be a voice. Then maybe there's a, still a big role for Kyle Smith on some level. On the other hand, if you bring in one of these other outside executives, a Ryan Cowden, who has the same title right now as Kyle Smith, he's not coming here unless he's getting a bigger GM role. So as it stands right now, if I had to handicap this, I would handicap this is that Ron Rivera is looking to hire somebody to be a voice for him, but not necessarily be a full-throated GM. And I would imagine that Kyle Smith would want that himself. And maybe Ron thinks, well, I, I, I need, a, I want an experienced voice, but I don't want to give up too much power. And, you know, I, I, he doesn't maybe for whatever reason view that in Kyle Smith as being that sort of consigliere, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I'm, so I kind of wonder now about, I, I, it's harder, it gets, it's getting harder for me to see how you bring in somebody else and Kyle Smith is still here. Right. Well, a, a couple of things, one in terms of the, the dynamic, I mean, you would have a better feel for this more than me because you've been around here longer. But, kind of, you know, the Bruce Allen, um, Scott McLuhan connection, you know, Scott McLuhan was, was technically the GM 
But as time went on, it was clear that Bruce Allen still had all the power and that he had final say on things, even though the, the football guys and, and like the, the types of players that Scott McLuhan wanted were maybe more on him than, you know, he had those two years as GM before that situation got really ugly. But with Kyle Smith, I wonder if we're a little bit in the weeds too much, right? You know, I sure. think locally the the, the perception is that he's done a pretty solid job. Their draft classes have been great, but think about how many GMs openings are open right now. And has he interviewed? There've been no reports that he, that people have asked Washington to interview Kyle Smith. And I think the perception is that he's a young executive on the rise, but I mean, why isn't he being interviewed? If, if that's the case, I just kind of wonder if, if we're propping Kyle Smith up too much, but at the same time, you know, I think he's done, a pretty great job here of identifying players. And you look at Washington's roster and all the young talent here, I think he deserves a large portion of credit for that. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, uh, I think this happens in sports all the time, whether we're talking about the good or the bad, if we're talking about players, uh, coaches, front office, everybody focuses on their people. So it's their guy that gets snubbed for the all-star game. It's their guy. That's the better first baseman it's their guy who is the rising star who shouldn't get lost now I will say I think the fans here are a bit nervous because they had Sean McVay and he got away now granted I don't know what you were going to do about that Jay Gruden was still you know it was still we didn't know where Jay Gruden was and it wasn't where it ended so it's hard to go there but obviously looking also uh you know whatever it is Kevin O'Connell like it's you know one of the Yeah, Kyle Shanahan, right. I mean, Matt LaFleur now. I mean, not not that he was going to be in the mix, but these people have gotten away. And the sense is that Kyle Smith is doing a pretty good job. And I think it's always like this is one of the points I made on the last podcast I did about this, or it wasn't the last podcast, but the one where I focused on the GM talk was that all these reports that come out, all the speculation, oh, this guy's a hot candidate. This guy, look out. Who? Who could possibly say you can assess Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew or Rick Smith, the Texans ex, the former Texans GM, who's another name that's been mentioned because they've have a track record. But if somebody is just the VP of player personnel, you could, I mean, nobody would, all we would know is the speculation of what people tell us, because how would, how could, how would we know Now, if the, if the GM of that team says out loud to the world, Hey, my guy is great. Well, at least that's something. Because now he's telling you, but like beyond that, nobody knows. So it, it, it cuts both ways. We may be overvaluing Kyle Smith because he's our thing. Um, and, and you're totally right about that. On the other hand, we can also look at what's happened here. And their drafts have been largely good. And we know which picks were assigned to other people, <laughs> the ones that didn't sort of work out. Yes. And then, you know, to what degree he gets credit for the free agent signings this year. I, I don't know, but he was the VP. He was overseeing that department as well. So typically we give credit broadly to that person. Right. So I think there's reason to give credit, but you're right. I mean, he has not been mentioned for some of these other hires. And I don't know if that's because people perceive that Ron Rivera is the one warranting the credit, or maybe he's just still pretty young. And that's not something that another team is looking to, 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 to add right now. Right. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is Ron Rivera will – like largely deflect credit for those type of signings. Like when he talks about Logan Thomas, he says, Hey, Pete Hainer identified this guy as someone who could grow and that he watched all the tape and Pete Hainer like raved about him. Do, do we have a story like that for Kyle Smith? 
and did Kyle Smith see JD McKissick and recommend it to, you know, he just hasn't really gone that route with him. And so I think that's kind of telling because based on what we know of Rivera is he he'll easily deflect the blame or easily deflect the credit rather and, and talk his guys up, but he just really hasn't done that with Kyle Smith since the draft. But, you know, we did hear about it from the draft and Kyle Smith's background is drafting. It's scouting. Obviously he's been here for a long time, but he was promoted to director of scouting before his current role. So maybe they just like him in, in the college process and don't trust him yet or, or want him to have a bigger role in the, the player personnel side. Right. Um, I know you, the, 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 Right, the Pete Hayner one is a very good example where, where he's mentioning with Logan Thomas um, that that he saw him and you know it's look I, I you know it's it's a it, it's it's part of this chicken and the egg thing of like well how did the per- like it was always like when Jay Gruden was often credited for um, Matt I well, well no for uh, for Cole Holcomb oh yeah and but how did and 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 you know from what I've heard that that Jay Gruden was a fan of Cole Holcomb pre draft. But how does it, of all the players that Jay Gruden starts watching Cole Holcomb, did he just randomly pull a name out of the hate? Or did somebody say, hey, here's a list of 10 guys. Take a look at these and what do you think? And so then the is, well, who's then put, you know, if we're, if we're assigning credit or, or, or percentage of the pie, is it the person yeah. who, the scout who said, here, here are guys we think you should look at? Is it the, the coach down the line who says, oh, I really like this guy? Yeah. I mean, they all get credit. That's point of the yeah. part of the job. But yes, I think you're right. The that, that's the part of the lukewarm aspect with Rivera. He just, he seems to go out of his way to, to praise all kinds of different people for all different things. But on this topic, on this person, it doesn't, it hasn't felt like it. So that's why it didn't feel, it's not, it doesn't feel surprising that apparently they're going to make uh, an outside hire. At the same time, it is still a little surprising because it does feel like Kyle Smith has done uh, a pretty reasonable job. Plus, let's not forget this. It might be one thing to say he's a young guy who hasn't had this experience and you're not ready to go there. He also was raised by his father, who was a general manager in this league for 10 years and a long time scout. Like if anybody is sort of knows what this is about instinctively, you would think it would be this guy. So, um, you know, it, you know, I like, you know, uh, yeah. So that's, so that, so all that together. And it's, it's a very interesting circumstance for sure. Right. I mean, but you, we look around the league and like, how old is Andrew Barry with the Cleveland Browns? He's like 38, right? Kyle Smith is 37. It, you know, uh, he's not, he's young, but he's not young enough to where it would be shocking for a team to hire him. Sure. I mean, I guess he's only been in the current role he is one year. Now, now that said, uh, one of the people who's been named, it feels like there's been so many names mentioned this year for jobs. Maybe there's just more than open than normal. I've lost track, but uh, Brad Holmes, who was the director of college scouting for the Rams, the job that Kyle Smith had before his promotion. He's apparently been, I think he's gotten second interviews with two different teams now. He's been interviewed by a few. Um, so I was about to say Kyle Smith only had the current job for one year. Maybe he needs more experience. But the person who had his job is apparently being floated uh, or, 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 or being in the mix for, for some other jobs. So yeah, it, 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 it's hard to say. And this goes back to my point of we, you're right. We probably overvalue one way or the other, the people yeah. that we focus on the most. I mean, it's like to use, you know, since you and I are wizards people on the beat, like it's like when Bradley Beal last year didn't make all NBA and everybody had a, you know, was in an uproar. That's cool. But now tell me who you're taking off. Did Ben Simmons not, was not worthy of it. I mean, I'm sure that if we were in Philadelphia, that would be the opposite take because we watch Ben Simmons play all the time and 
it is what it is. So we're 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 uh, uh, keenly aware of what Kyle Smith has done. We think, <laughs> and therefore he's top of mind for us. But that doesn't mean that these other voices wouldn't necessarily be better for what Ron Rivera wants to do, and and that's part of the speculation. But nonetheless, it's interesting uh, for sure. Um, Right, we're here on the Standard Room Only podcast with my guy, Matt Parrish from the Washington Times. Um, l- let's talk about uh, where we're at now beyond this GM situation. Um, I guess, we, first off, I haven't had you on the podcast, obviously, since the season ended, since we had that game. I don't know about you. It's been I, I, when I did my intro for the last podcast right after the game, I said, yeah. I'm just going to tell you guys straight up, I'm tired and need a break and I'm exhausted. And I slept today really good, Matt. I, I didn't, I slept like way past normal uh, for me. And so I kind of need to get away. So I'm imagining the same for you to some degree. Where are you at right now as far as like putting the season to bed, as it were? How do you process, how have you been processing whatever's happened? I'm still distressing. Like I'm looking at uh, part of being at a newspaper is you have to write every day and so yeah, I'm like planning out, okay, this is an off-season article. Like tomorrow I'm looking at what types of quarterbacks that they could go after, yada, yada. Like just your typical off-season stuff. But in doing that, it's like you just kind of realize like how long the season has been. And so, yeah, I, I took a day off today as well just to kind of distress from it all. But I mean, it doesn't, it, it, you know, the NFL never stops. But for this especially, it the gravity of this off season for them, you know, everyone has said it, but I don't think it can be understated. It's just, it's really important. And what they do will I think kind of define with how Rivera's tenure can go here. And so it is, it, it was a huge, it was a very long season, but I just don't feel like it's ending because of the importance of this off season. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, you know, Rivera made this point. I, I personally thought this was telling, I don't know what you thought, and I brought this up when I, I did the podcast uh, after they won the division uh, when I had Nikki on the podcast. And I said that when we got Rivera after the, immediately after the game in Philadelphia on the Zoom, the first question, which was not about the future, it was just, I think, some version of how you're feeling after all that. Like the fourth sentence of his first answer was, well, now it means we have a first place schedule <laughs> and uh, – Stuff like that, and you look, you start looking ahead, and you look at that schedule, and we all understand how the world can change completely. Just look at the NFC East this year. Everybody had Dallas and Philly running away with the division, and they're in disaster mode, uh, both of them. So who knows what will happen? But they do. They will now be playing the teams that finished in first. They have a much tougher schedule. Instead of picking tenth in the draft in the first round, they're picking now nineteenth, which maybe you know one way or the other, we're going to have fewer players to, to to choose from. So there are things that sort of like now in the light of day, you're like, okay, there's positives from what they experienced. They basically had a playoff run for the last six or seven weeks of the season. Their young players got that experience. They actually played in a postseason game against Tom Brady. I mean, you can't get bigger than that. And they acquitted themselves nicely. And obviously they lost and the, the uh, Taylor Heineke thing was wacky, but they, they, they were resilient throughout the season. I mean, even though their defense – struggled in that game and look it is Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense but you know giving up all those points all those yards is not great when you're supposedly this top 10 defense but okay um there's a reason to be optimistic on all these fronts the young towns all that but then (laughs) you look at these other components and you be like boy to your end it isn't just enough that they can say well we'll have these young players continue to grow and we'll we'll tweak here and there now you really do kind of have to make 
some bolder moves. I'm not saying you should like go crazy with free agency and start spending money wildly, but it, it isn't just because of the schedule for next year. It isn't just, well, we need to do this or that. No, you really do have to kind of look at it and think, do we, do we, what kind of bold moves do we have to make? Obviously quarterback being uh, the most obvious thing. Right. Yeah. It starts with quarterback, but then you also look at Brandon Sheriff, their first all pro since 1996, like he'll be a free agent and whether, you know, to make him the highest paid guard on the market, because that's where this is headed. Um, you know, they have other positions on the roster that could use uh, various upgrades, but yeah, you know, it's just, they have such a young talent. Like uh, another thing too, is the clock with these guys, you know, Jonathan Allen will be up after next season, I believe. And pretty soon you're going to have to start paying the rest of those defensive line guys. Terry McLaurin will need a contract extension. Like your window for this before you have to start paying everyone is really next year and the year after that. And then you have to start paying people. So, you know, that, that's kind of the life of the NFL. The windows aren't – the windows are short unless you're the New England Patriots. But um, it's just – you know, you're going to have to make some decisions. And that's why I think what they decide to do this offseason will be really telling. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. You mentioned the window. It's sort of a funny thing. Like typically we, we see these teams that have these windows. It's when you have a Russell Wilson on a rookie contract, a Lamar Jackson on a rookie contract, Pat Mahomes on a rookie contract. Washington has the opposite. They've got all these four defensive linemen on rookie contracts. John Allen is the first one this year the, hitting the extension uh, scenario. But like, um, you know, they have all these guys on, you know, they got Chase Young for a while making relatively no money, you know, far as the, you know, to, to, to the, uh, to, to what he's producing. And so, yeah, I mean, there is this window for sure uh, that you have to, that you have right now. And that's why, you know, the more time has gone on, the more I keep thinking that going big at quarterback, again, we'll have to see who's available. We can talk about Matthew Stafford all day long. He may not be available. Sure. Uh, we could talk about Cam Newton, but I, you know, I don't know if Ron Rivera wants that again. And even if he does, maybe New England keeps Cam Newton or who I, you know, whatever it may be. So uh, the, it, it does seem to make more sense on, on a certain level to go that route, because if you have everybody else come back, you know, you, 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 you get a quarterback in one way or the other here, you use your first round pick, let's just say on a linebacker, you keep your, the free agents you want to keep. So meaning I would say Brandon Sheriff, Ronald Darby, I think Ryan Kerrigan has probably played his last game would be my assumption. Um, then um, last game here, l- l- last game here. Yeah. Then, um, you know, whatever. Okay. So then, you know, in free agency, you know, you go out and, uh, or maybe I should say the second round pick you spend on a receiver. I don't really know if I want to go crazy in free agency on receiver, but okay, maybe, um, you know, then maybe there's something to it, but uh, something you brought up before uh, was, I guess, you know, just in, I think it's a reasonable question is ultimately for all the progress, I think they made this year, especially on the culture side, the question is, is this sustainable going forward? Because one of the issues for this team has been 2012 with RG three, you know, looked like they were going to take on the world. He did get hurt though in the playoffs. And from that came disaster. He never recovered and things went downhill 2015 with Kirk cousins they make the playoffs, but in, but the next couple of years is just filled with just all about is he ever going to stay or not? Obviously, he didn't, and things never really got back going. Uh, by the way, I think I'm right on this. In in the five full seasons Jay Gruden had, he went seven and nine at least, I think four times, and made the, and they made the playoffs once. Ron Rivera goes seven and nine 
one time wins the division. Um, but anyway, um, the uh, so yeah, so I guess the sustainable aspect. I think there are parts of it that are very much sustainable. I really think that Rivera has been doing in terms of the culture stuff. This is why I didn't freak out when he kept Haskins and started him as if that was a precedent. I'm like everybody, you could tell players were buying in. And since the Haskins thing happened, I haven't heard. All we've heard is players praise the Jesus out of Rivera. So I don't think that is an issue. But we just talked about the schedule among other things. Sustainability is all relative to the record. If they go six and ten next year because the schedule is just that much harder, regardless of anything else that happens, that's not going to be viewed as sustaining things. So um, it, that that's part's challenging. I guess we're, we're you know as it stands now, can't speculate too much about the future. But as it stands, I mean from like the schedule perspective. But as it stands, where what do you buy on this sustainability thing? I mean, I think it is a little bit more encouraging than past situations, just because of you have such a young core. I think you look at the past, especially 2015, their offense was so explosive, but they didn't have, they just ha- had mostly veterans. The, the defense was fine. It was, it was average, but when you had that offense, all you needed was average. And, um, but with this, you know, I think having a, a young defense to build around is a lot more promising defensive like rankings vary, like fluctuate from year to year. It, it's not easy for those just to sustain and be elite like don't see one one year you'll see the ravens or like whatever in, in the middle of the league versus the top um but yeah you know they, they have the, the the thing is is the cap space right like having 42 million to work with is a lot and i don't think those i, I can't remember what the 2015 team was but i believe the 2012 team was still dealing with the penalties um from the nfl based on what <clears throat> They did it in the uncapped year um, that came back to bite them. So, you know, they have room to work with, but when you think about that they spend big on a quarterback and then they pay Brandon Sheriff, that 42 disappears pretty fast. So it just kind of depends what, what they want to do. And, and I would also say that the reason why sustainability seems reasonable this time is because of the players involved in the winning. Um you know, if RG3 had stayed healthy before, that may have been different because he was a young ascending quarterback who had one of the greatest rookie quarterback seasons of all time, but obviously it wasn't. And the rest of the team, you know, I'm not saying there weren't some veteran or some younger players. I mean, Trent Williams was still up and Ryan Kerrigan were still puppies on that team. But, um, you know, 2015, you know, whatever, this team, like who were the best players on the team this year? Chase Young, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Deron Payne, John Allen, Montez Sweat, Antonio Gibson, Cam Curl, right? I mean, everybody we just said is on, you know, on still on their their rookie contract. And obviously, I didn't name a quarterback, so without a quarterback, we know you have problems. But so many of these guys are young, and as I've written about before, I'm sure you've discussed as well. It's not just talent; these guys, in particular, Young and McLaurin, get it. Air quotes. I mean, they seem to understand what it takes. To, to, to win, I'm, I'm sort of putting, writing a story or putting together thoughts about moments that define the season. Don't steal this. Uh, but like one is like Terry McLaurin in, in the locker room after they beat Dallas the first time. And you know the, the, the video was out there, Rivera says, anybody have anything to say? And, and McLaurin, a second year player, halfway through the second year gets up to the whole group and says, hey, I just want to say, I really think We've got something going on here. We need to keep this going. Be, live this moment. You, you know, feel what you're feeling right now. Going into the into the bye week, 
keep, let's let's keep doing this. And the team rallied around it. And like a week or so later, he's named team captain. Not a coincidence. And I think that's one of those things that like, you know, again, without trying to dredge up Dwayne Haskins again, it's the complete opposite of what they were seeing out of him. And, and the more you have guys like that, Chase Young gets named captain at the end of the year as well for what he has shown. So the more it isn't just talent, it's it's these young, these specific young guys they have is why it feels sustainable. But again, it's all relative to the record. You know, if they don't win games, it's not going to feel sustainable. Right. I mean, I also think we haven't really touched on the Rivera element of this at all. I mean, when Carolina made the playoffs in 2013, Rivera followed it up with seasons, with playoff seasons in 2014 and 2015. Now, obviously, that 2014 team was below 500. But, you know, I, I think it's encouraging. And I think he does know how to sustain success he's seen it he's seen uh, that consistency now obviously that consistency didn't last and that's why he was fired from Carolina but I, I just he's been in the league long enough to know what it takes and you know is there a difference with uh, Shanahan had some consistent years in Denver obviously but Gruden really never had his first year at helm and I, I just think in 2012 and 2015 the quarterback there was still quarterback uncertainty Griffin's health but Cousins' contract, I mean, uh, that probably played a lot in hindsight of of why they never got back to the playoffs. It it loomed large, and, you know, they just didn't have have the talent to surround him with when, you know, you're franchise tagging him every year. And so, um, yeah, you know, they have to figure out a quarterback situation, but I'm still pretty encouraged by their direction overall, and I think it is – I think it does a lot for the group that they made the playoffs in the first year of Rivera's tenure. Right. Um, all, all very, all very true. Um, what, uh, what else do we want to discuss with regards to the Washington football team? Um, I don't even want to get into like, what do they need? I mean, I probably already discussed that in the last podcast. And I think obviously we can kind of go through the, we, we have plenty of time to discuss that as we head into the uh, as we head into the uh, off season. Um, is there? I, I'll ask you. I guess this is broad one to sort of help put a cap on this. As you as you you know imagine yourself twenty years from now, this grizzled award winning sports writer, um, you know who's who's had a illustrious career, and somebody says to you, "Wait, you covered the twenty twenty Washington football team." What was that? What do you remember about that? Like, what do you think is going to be, I mean, there isn't, it, it's almost impossible to limit it to one because yeah. so many, but like what, 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 what for you as it stands right now is like the thing that you think you'll sort of remember the most about, uh, about this. Um, the name change. I, I mean, that's, I know it didn't loom like within the season itself, but I think it just kind of set the tone of this year isn't going to be, you know, this year isn't going to be, like anything else we've seen before and it started with that you know the fact that they actually did that I, I it's still very surprising just given how how the owner said that he was never going to and obviously that the climate was very different but you know it just it everything snowballed from there and just looking back on it I mean I wrote I wrote a lot of name stories this year as did you so I mean and we'll be writing about them next year as well. So it's, it's that for me. 
hard, hard, hard to argue with, with that. I mean, because it's not on the football field per se, yeah. I mean, it is technically what the user, but the jerseys and the names on the, on the field, but like, uh, I'm not saying I'm forgetting it because like every day we have to call them the Washington football team and we have to write a story in which I, I don't know about you. I never once this year called them foot, foot the football team. I just want either Washington or it or something yeah. else. Um, so there's that. I mean, I guess the other thing for me is, and this dovetails into something you wrote recently, and that is I, I suspect, you know, if, we're, if I'm looking ahead to the 20-year scenario I just gave you, somewhere within that 20 years, I imagine there will be a movie about Alex Smith whether it's in the theater or it's a, a lifetime movie, I don't know, but something, and, and Matt wrote a story the other day, he asked screenwriters to sort of uh, imagine, I guess, or, 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 or to, 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 to ask screenwriters for their thoughts on what an Alex Smith movie would look like. You should go, uh, you should go read that. But like, it is still hard for me to fathom that this actually happened. I mean, I, you know, having, have, we all saw the documentary on ESPN and, you know, I, I just could not comprehend that a human being would would not only be able to come back, but would actually put themselves in the position to to be hit on that leg that went through all that and would be so you know fragile on some level. And he did. And not only did he come back, he played well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they won. They, they won. He won his last five starts, regardless of the last one, whatever Philadelphia was doing. He won his last five starts. They beat the undefeated Steelers again. When in 20 years, nobody will remember per se that they fell apart. It'll just be like, oh, they were 11 and 0. And, you know, you beat that team. And uh, he was good. And, uh, you know, I, I don't personally think he should be in the mix for next year at all. But for this season, I mean, it's just remarkable that that actually happened. Yeah, no, I mean, the most surprising thing is to me is that he played well. You know, the way he looked against the Rams, obviously it was terrible conditions, but he did not, you know, it, it was cool to see him in there also terrifying but the, the first like the impression after that game was I'm good if we never see that again and the fact that we saw it again and he played like remarkably well he looked much better in that four game stretch than he ever did under Jay Gruden during his first year there it was just it was really incredible and it was cool to see it really was it really was uh since, since I will this since since we're here and uh wait why are you laughing you sound just like Ron there. I almost did that as a joke to it really was because that's what Ron says all the time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you followed it up. Uh, I really enjoy Ron Rivera's cadences, you know, ticks and stuff. Well, look, I mean, if you think about it for the last, you know, since the beginning of August, what outside person's voice have I heard in my ear the most? I mean, it's him by a factor of a million. I mean, when you write out Rivera's quotes, do you read it in his voice? Um, I do. Like, I'm not like if I tra- like if I'm writing and or like I just have it and I copy and paste it, I can like hear the cadence. I do that with most people, but him especially. I, it just is like, you know, you hear it so often that it's just like ingrained. Yeah. No. I mean, look. I I think I think what, there were so many interesting things, and I really kind of hope to get into this during the off season about like. I think people are interested in sort of the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, not, I don't, you know, I don't want to act like we do something that's interesting, but obviously our jobs are, 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 you know, pretty interesting and you know, what goes on behind the scenes. And, and like for me personally, and I suspect for a lot of people, you know, I take, you know, we all took for granted so many aspects of life pre pandemic. And for me, in terms of this job, like I would or would not go out to all the press conferences all the time when Alex Smith's first year, this is a, this was like a timing thing. I won't bore you with all the details, 
but the timing was you had to get out there extra early to see Alex Smith. And honestly, he was so boring and said nothing. I would just skip it most of the time because I would, I could watch it later and it was a waste of my time. I had other things to do, so I'd skip it. Um, I would mostly make the, the coaches stuff, but like because I was doing multiple, covering multiple teams, maybe I didn't always. And like, I, even if I was focusing, I wasn't always going to go out the three days a week we had to go because like you get to Friday and there's not much happening. This year, every every opportunity I viewed as precious. We would drive, both you and I, I think about like, you know, 35, 45 minutes from our homes to go to practice for 20 minutes of them basically doing nothing. Some stretching and some light stuff just to take some attendance, leave, go back, immediately do these Zoom calls that I, that was, I wouldn't say riveting, but like this was the, this was the, my, this was my socializing for the day <laughs> was all of this. And so like, yeah, I mean, Ron Rivera to me this year in particular was a very important person in my life, not just because he's the coach of the team I cover, but like, <laughs> what? give me something interesting to think about, talk about him. I mean, anything. So yeah, I, if, if I sound like Ron Rivera, I can imagine that I can imagine why. Well, that, and it's like trying to figure him out too, right? You know, we, we didn't know his cadences yet and we didn't know when he was bluffing or, or anything like that. And to, I guess, do, do you feel like you have a better feel on that when he's hiding things close to the vest or when he's trying to mislead us? Because like, I, I have a little bit better of an inclination, but not as well as I did with Gruden. And Gruden obviously wore it on his face pretty well, so it was, made it much easier. But yeah, um, you know, I, I think I think I have a little bit better uh, like uh, feel of Rivera, but not not what I would want in this role just quite yet. Yeah, you know, I uh, I think I do to a degree. There are certain things that happened, and and then you realize, you know, the subsequent reaction to it. Um, you know, there were times he said things we were like, boy, he's being pretty candid here. Is this like for real or is he just like sort of faking it? And then things would turn out to be real. I mean, the Dwayne Haskins stuff in particular early on, um, he, you know, when he, when he was benched the first time, you know, we were like, oh, is he just trying to light a fire on him? Oh, no, he really is going to bench this guy. Okay. He isn't just like sort of the, all this talk about the division. That's not just nonsense. I mean, maybe it was to a degree, but, he, you know, he's he's really making the moves here for that. And um, yeah, it's it's part of the fun game. And look, I think Ron Rivera is very media savvy. He knows exactly what he's saying, what he's doing. He's been very coy to, to go back to this GM situation, you know, late in the year. And then on Sunday when we asked him about it, he was very, you know, I'm not going to say too much. He went on with Grant and Danny. Oh, I do want to bring that up. He went on with Grant and Danny um, on 106.7 The Fan um, in their new afternoon show. And kudos to them for uh, for uh, for 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 their new uh, show, um, I got Grant, um, and um, uh, he knows what he's doing. Speaking of which, but he's also very candid. Like for example, he said to Grant Danny, I don't think he had said this to us when talked to, when asked about the quarterback situation about basically now that you know what you did, would you have done anything different? And he said that essentially he would have had an actual quarterback competition to some degree in training camp, not just give Dwayne Haskins the snaps. He would have had Kyle Allen take first team snaps if that meant a full-blown competition or whatever, but something like that. And he said he'll know better for the next time. And I think that was one big question we all kind of had was, why did he just anoint him, especially seeing that he really had a short rope with this kid? And he obviously also simultaneously liked Kyle Allen. And also we saw how it played out. I mean, Kyle Allen was better than Haskins. The offense certainly is more functional. So it, 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 is, it is actually a misstep on Rivera's part, but one he owned up to 
um, which I thought was interesting. Right. Well, I, I think Rivera's media approach there was also very telling because he didn't directly say, I wish I had a quarterback competition. Like Grant asked that follow-up and it was kind of obvious what he meant by it, but he just said, I'm just being honest. You know, it, it he'll throw nuggets out there for the media, but then we'll like pull them back right away as well, because I just think he wants to send that message, but not, he's also conscious to how others take his words. And, um, you know, I think it, it's very telling. And one thing from the season I, I remember asking him is when Kyle was first um, anointed the starter after his first game, I asked him, I was like, do you think Kyle Allen basically would have been out, Dwayne, if you had an actual conversation? And he sidestepped the question but said, you know, he, he would have embraced the competition because that's who Kyle is, yada, yada. But I just thought back to a year before that when Colt McCoy uh, got his start against New England and we asked Gruden, hey, do you think if, if Colt hadn't gotten hurt in camp, would he have been out Case and Dwayne? And he said, yeah. <laughs> so it's just, you know, every coach kind of decides what they – do or don't want to share and i think his approach to that is particularly interesting uh for for sure all right matt uh you you were kind enough to come in at the last second and help me out this which i always appreciate anything uh before i let you go anything you'd like to discuss doesn't even have to be about the football team you got uh you got thoughts on the i don't know something you had for dinner something you saw on tv uh you know, uh, you're 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 a guy with me, with interesting music taste. I've never heard of a band that you've mentioned <laughs> it before. And anything you would like to uh, to discuss? Uh, no, no, I'm good. Uh, we'll save my emo takes for a different day. But um, we did that. I made some nice fried rice tonight, uh, so <laughs> treated that to my you know end of the season thing. Had finally time to cook for a change, but um. No, just uh, would like this NBA season to hold up, and I really hope it doesn't pause. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had thoughts about talking about the Wizards tonight, but we'll save that for some other time. It's, uh, you know, uh, Matt is the Venn diagram for football team Wizards talk, so we'll, uh, we'll have him back, I'm sure, for that and uh, some more thoughts. Uh, go follow Matt on Twitter at Matthew underscore Paris, P-A-R-A-S. Go read him on the Washington Times. Uh, Matt had a very good year. I thought no matter what he thinks about it, I thought he had a good year. So you should go read his stuff again, avoid the music takes. I don't know what to tell you about that. Um, all right. Um, I'm just going to end it here. That's it for now here on the standard group only podcast. You can of course follow the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Standick. And of course, go read me on the athletic, read the story. I just posted about the GM situation as well as uh, a couple other stories about where things stand at the quarterback spot. Uh, for Washington going into this offseason. That's it for now. Thanks as always for listening and until next time. See ya.